Amanda Hickox is a salon owner of Salon de Muse in Herndon, Virginia, a color and extension specialist. Today, we're going to hear all about how she went from student to apprentice to salon stylist to suite owner and now a salon owner. Welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes and I'm your host. And today I'm with Amanda Hickox. How are you doing today, Amanda? Good. Thank you for having me, Robert. Um, awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. And just to give the audience a little background, I was doing a um, I was doing a house call for a client, and his uh, wife came in and introduced me to you, Amanda, and said that we should definitely get get to know each other because you're local. And uh, she was telling me about you, your 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 a little bit of your story. So she kind of peeked the curtain open and. And uh, I thought that it sounded really interesting, and I was excited to hear about a new salon opening. So um, we chatted, and here we are. So uh, why don't you start off by telling us, um, you know, you started in, started in school, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, well, why, how'd you get started in school, and your story kind of leading up to where you are. Okay. Uh, so I grew up in a household where my mom did hair. Uh, she owned her own salon in New York. Uh, and then my dad was in the Marine Corps. So we moved all over. Uh, so I grew up with my mom doing house calls for military wives and families. And so I was around hair constantly. Um, I did not understand how my mom could make money by talking with her friends and putting stuff that stunk uh, on their head. Cause you know, in the nineties, the hair color smelled. And uh, I went to high school with the intention of going to college. I was very driven um, academically and sports-wise. And I just didn't feel like that was my path. And I was worried that my dad, being a Marine, would not approve of me not going to college. And I shared with him the week that I was supposed to give my high school graduation speech, um, I needed to be introduced. And with my introduction, I needed to have a school that I was claiming. And I was like, I don't want to go to college. I want to go do hair. And he was like, okay. And I just was like, what? And so um, my dad's like, let's defer a year, you know, pick a college, defer a year, see if you like it. And if you like it, then, you know, that can, you know, I just want you to do something basically. And I was like, okay. So I went to Paul Mitchell in McLean um, and I loved it. I loved it immediately. I'm, um, I'm a girl's girl. I love to talk. Um, I love all things beauty. And so the fact that I could combine all of those things into a career, I was like, I'm in. And um, I met some really cool people in school, um, made some great networking, had a lot of opportunities with Paul Mitchell. I got to go to Vegas for free, uh, met John Paul DeJoria, um, and he threw like a Patron party in Vegas, which was really cool. I learned that our industry loves to party. Um, that was my introduction at 19 years old, that uh, our industry is very heavy into having a good time. And then when I graduated, um, I worked for a very small salon uh, in Chinatown for about three weeks. And um, I, I can't think of the name of it anymore, but that bridged me to find Fidel Sassoon because I wanted something with structure. And so some of the people who went there had gone to Sassoon um, and they were like, if you want structure and you want um, something to be, you know, very direct and give you a path, then you should try education through Fidel Sassoon. And I knew I was very attracted to color versus cutting. Um, I cut because I needed to, but it didn't, it was not a passion for me. So I went to Vidal Sassoon um, and I loved it. I loved my educator there. 
Um, but after being there about 18 months, I worried that I never gave cutting a chance. And what if I choose a career based on one thing and I, I lose the skill set? Um, so I left and I went and worked and managed a bubbles at 20 years old um, in Gainesville. And I worked there for about a year and I realized that I absolutely did hate cutting hair. And so I then went to Red Door Spas, which is, uh, they're now uh, um, no longer. Can I jump in for a second? I, okay. Yeah. So you, you're at school at Paul Mitchell and then mm-hmm. were you working while you're in Paul Mitchell? Or did you wait until you finished to go to Vidal Sassoon? I, I wait. I waited. Yeah. I waited okay, so until I graduated. So you graduated, then you go to Vidal Sassoon, and you mm-hmm. start doing their education while you're working and assisting there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you um, graduate onto the floor and work at Vidal Sassoon, or did you leave before you did got that to that part? So at the time, I don't know if Sassoon is still this way, but at the time, once you graduated, you were required to give that time back. So you're paid to go through the program, you're paid minimum wage, and then you make tips as a shampoo assistant. Um, but once you then finish the program, you sign a contract to stay with them for a certain amount of time to basically give back the education that you gained. However, you're free to go up until that point. Oh. And so that commitment scared me. Um, that that thought of what if I want to do both and now I've just signed off on X amount of years to just do one. Um, but it, it, it was a good decision because I then got to get up other opportunities. Um, but I mean, their program is incredible. In fact, I still keep in touch with uh, their national director who's still there. Uh, Jade um, was inc- a great feature for me and she's always been um, someone I've kept in touch with. I actually was just her neighbor up until a week ago. <laughs> Um, like living wise, but anyway, I then went to Red Door. Okay, did color, uh, only color, and I worked there for about ten years. And uh, it was in 2018 that I decided that uh, me and three other stylists decided that we wanted to kind of break off and do our own thing, which was really scary. Uh, I had been a, a national educator for Red Door. I had helped them create programs for their assistants uh, just because I had the background from Vidal Sassoon. And um, I mean, I had, I had definitely made a name for myself with Red Door with the other three stylists. And so leaving that, um, that comfort and that, you know, every, that everybody knew you was really, really scary. And then, you know, for anyone who's been in the industry, you know, like you don't know who's going to follow you, you know? And um I, we then opened a salon suite, the four of us, and it was a tiny little 400 square foot space for four people. Um, and we worked there for about four years. We, and we were there during the pandemic. Was this all, uh, all people from Elizabeth Arden? Yeah. We had two stylists, two colors. And, uh, how long were you at Red Door? About 10 years. Okay. All right. So. Yeah. So, and how long were you at Sassoon's? How long was that program before you uh, decided that it wasn't for you? I want to say it was about 18 months. It was definitely over a year, but I didn't, I didn't reach two years because two years was about the point where you would then be testing out to go. Uh, okay. And then uh, how long were you at Bubbles? Not even a year. I, I wasn't okay. very happy on that, yeah. Okay. So, so 18 months, a year. 10 years so 12 plus years before you go out on your own from graduating school yeah and in hindsight would you say that like you could leave you could have done it sooner 
And yes. should you have done it? Do you think you should have done it sooner? Um, I, to be totally honest, I had great opportunities with Red Door. There was a good period of time where being an educator for them uh, gave me lots of opportunities to um, not only get expanded education, but also I got I got trips out of it. I mean, I was also sent to Vegas by Red Door. Um, my partner, my my color partner that we would, uh, you know, you kind of find people that you like to share clients with in case you go on vacation or whatever. Um, so my my counterpart that did color as well, she got sent to Spain as an educator. Um, so we had a lot of really, we got bonuses. We There were so many incentives to stay with them that I had no reason to leave. I was making great money. I had a very steady clientele. Um, so the thought of leaving never crossed my mind uh, until they got a new CEO. And then all of those incentives went away. And oh. basically I was working just for commission. And at that point I had, I had reached the highest commission they were willing to give. Um, which was 43% and it wasn't even 50. Uh, and all I could do to make any more money was to work more hours or to raise my prices. And I was already tapped out at price point as well. So I was too young and too hungry and driven to just be stagnant at that point. Well, so and, and, yes, yeah. I could have worked sooner. Um, but I think I left at the right time in my career and, and where I was with my clientele. Sounds like it sounds like you were able to take advantage of of all the opportunities and that just kind of added so much value to you you as a stylist or or a uh, entrepreneur in the uh, industry because of all that yeah. experience and, mm-hmm. and and that makes that timing sounds actually kind of perfect. So, okay, so so you leave Red Door, you go out on your own with a crew from who for of your colleagues that you're with. Now, okay, so now, and then go tell go from there. Um, so then we open a small space called Lux Style Room, um, and the amount of support and following that we had was incredible. It was very humbling to realize how many people loved our craft versus the the environment. So anyone had ever been to Red Door, it was a very high-end luxury salon and spa. You could get everything done when you went there. So the thought was no one's going to want to come to our tiny little 400 square foot hole in the wall. Basically the salon suite that we had rented was like at the back of the building. It was next to a pub place. So it smelled like onions and cilantro. And I was like, no one's going to want to come here. And everybody that came were like, no, we want you. I don't care if you do my hair in a garage. I want you to touch my head. And it was, it was a really cool experience and really, really neat to know that, um, if you create that bond with people and you have that relationship, then people just, they want to be touched by you and they want to spend time with you. It's more than just our craft, you know, it's a, it's a relationship we build with each other. And, um, so we, we were able to, we were going to expand in 2020 and then the pandemic hit. Um, and so thankfully we did not fulfill that. Um, we ended up, uh, two partners. One partner moved on to Florida. Um, she, her family decided they wanted to be closer to family. So then we were down to three partners. And then uh, one other partner decided she wanted to stay in the salon suites because um, it just worked for her because she eventually wants to move on. But currently right now she's just staying there. So me and one other partner opened this space. And um, the story for us opening this space is really neat. I have a friend that is also a client and her and her husband own a uh, global multi-million dollar uh, 
building contracting company. And uh, when she heard that we were looking at spaces, she said, let me help you. And I was like, being the person that I don't do well with asking for help, much less receiving help. I was like, no, no, I'm good. I'm going to figure it out. She's like, no, she's like, we do programs for women entrepreneurs. Like, please, we know what we're doing. Please let me guide you. And so, um, I, I told her I'd get back to her. Like it was not a yes right away. It was, it was kind of, it made me nervous. Like I didn't want to feel like I didn't want it to ruin our friendship. I didn't want to make it weird. Um, she's someone who I, I very much respected and adored. And so I was like, I, I don't want to ruin what we have basically. So I thought about it and then I said, you know what, I, I could use your guidance because when you're looking for a space, like, and as unfortunately as a woman, it's, it's really tough to get people to, to take you seriously, to want to be able to handle taking on a retail space. And so um, we found a few spaces, but people were kind of like, oh, are you sure you, are you sure you want this much square footage? Are you sure you want this, this and this? And um, we're like, yes, we are, our whole concept of opening Salon de Muse was to give an opportunity to other people who could then work for themselves and have the balance that we found for ourselves. Um, so being a suite owner, I'm my boss, which is great and hard at the same time. So I make my own hours. I, um, you know, I, I do make my own pricing, but obviously you got to go with the industry and go with your area and all of the, you can't just pick whatever price you want. Obviously you got to go with what makes sense for where you are and all of those, your skill set, all those things. Um, but you're also, everything falls on you as well. So you have to be able to manage that. Um, and so taking on a bigger space, we wanted to be able to be stepping stones for people who, maybe don't want sweet ownership, but do want to work for themselves. So um, I was like, you know what? I want to open a space that does exactly what you're offering me. Guidance, help in, your, in what you do every day. So I took her, um, I, I took what she was offering and uh, we got a 1600 square foot two floor um, space, which I'm in right now. And uh, they brought on an interior designer. Um, they brought in, uh, all kinds of engineers and architects to come in and redesign the space. I mean, what we came with, what we signed on and what we ended with were never what I could have imagined. And um, so I, I don't think we would have what we have or have achieved what we achieved had I not had, you know, a, a friend guiding me and being there for me. And so I would love to be able to offer that to other people um, that want to do that for themselves. So it's kind of a cool you know, segue into what we believe and then what we want to offer. So nice. So, so are you uh, set? Are you set up as a booth rental? Uh, yes. Okay. And um, I guess since we're on the topic, uh, what um, what is the process for somebody who wanted to come and work uh, with you? Well. For me, I'm I'm big on like energy and vibes. And so I want, so we have not started the process of bringing anyone on. We opened in um, February, the end of January, beginning of February this year. Um, we had one, so we have three spa rooms upstairs. We had one esthetician who started up there in May and she did great and loved it. Um, she had two locations, Manassas in here. Um, but because we're all so close together, side by side, we kind of want to take our time to bring someone on. Um, but for me, what I would personally like is someone who's hungry, driven, um, 
wants to learn more, but also, you know, has their own unique skill set and what they enjoy doing. Um, and then has a similar vibe to us. Like I'm a very affectionate, uh, very open person, um, very sarcastic. So I, they don't have to be exactly that, but I need them to be a warm and embracing person, um, to, to kind of vibe with all of our clientele and everybody who comes in. So when the day comes that we do start looking for people, um, that, that is going to be huge for me as energy and vibe over like bringing on their, if they can just afford it. And bring on so them. you, uh, touched on something that I, that's a big, important topic uh, that I've started talking about. So I kind of want to take this opportunity to just do like a shameless plug for this conversation because it came up organically. Uh, you, yeah. um, and I also think that like, well, hold on, before I go there, let me just ask you this <laughs> question. What, um, when you were talking about, you mentioned a couple times about the importance of relationships and you also mentioned a couple times about these relationships being with customers and i i think that it's a really cool opportunity to jump in here and say like i think that there's a lot of a lot of um a lot of posts on social media videos and and non-video posts and and uh, comments about the dealing with difficult customers or customers who don't respect your time uh, or customers who try to nickel and dime you or whatever the case may be. But there's not enough people talking um, uh, and kind of really laying into the fact that uh, the major vast majority of customers, um, well, in my, my opinion and my experience are amazing. Like I, my clients, like the the reason I get out of bed to go to work, and I don't wonder why, you know, I don't complain about going to work. I don't dislike going to work. And it's majority is because of the people that I'm going to see that day and uh, that they are relying on me to be there and um, the impact I have in their lives and the impact they've had on my life. Um, so would you, uh, would do you want to maybe just kind of like make a comment to anybody who uh, maybe is up and coming uh, is trying to build a clientele or maybe has built a clientele um, without any boundaries so that they kind of feel like their customers might not fit into this description of what I'm saying. I guess first one, would you agree with my statement or do you have a different experience? No, I 100% agree. And it's okay. funny, I, I went to, I had mentioned that I'd gone to Vegas when I was with Paul. The first time I went to Vegas was when I was with Paul Mitchell and Robert Cromines was one of the um, stage artists. And he made a comment that 90% of uh, the reason that clients continue to come back to you is 90% uh, personality and 10% talent. And that for whatever reason stuck to me of like, I am such a perfectionist. I needed to be perfect at my craft, which is no such thing, right? Like our craft is constantly changing and always evolving. And there's no such thing as being perfect. But in my brain, the perfectionism in me was going to get everything that I wanted to do correct. Um, But what I've found in all of the years that I've done hair is exactly what you're saying is you build a relationship with someone, you build trust, then you can be human. I'm not saying you want to mess up your client's hair, but those days do happen. Maybe they did something in between appointments that you didn't know about. Maybe um, 
they, they need a financial break. And so they don't see you for a while and then they come back and, you know, you're trying to refigure out their hair. Like we are human at the end of the day. We, we do have a specific knowledge and, and history that we're able to, and experience that we're able to take on their hair. But at the end of the day, we're all human. And having that relationship and that trust between each other um, is what makes people love to see you and are loyal to you versus they come to see you out of convenience or price or whatever other reason. So I, I totally agree with you. And um, do you have any, uh, I mean, I feel like you just said it, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to, in case you have something else to say. Do you have anything to say to that rising stylist or uh, or the stylist who is going to start building again? Maybe they moved or uh, maybe they had to take a leave, a leave from hair and they, you know, they don't have a lot of clients or something like that. Uh on within within this framework of conversation do you have anything to say to somebody who's in that posi- situation maybe some advice or tips or any anything empowering or anything like that I, I would say treat people the way you want to be treated so I am huge on say a client has a family emergency and they need to reschedule or they need to be squeezed in do what you can to take care of them because I promise you that client will always remember that um and that's not to, to cheapen your time with another client to fit another client in. But we all know our, if, if you have about 90 to 95% of your clientele are past clients or um, all requests, then you know their hair well enough to know like who's going to take you the full hour and who's going to take you 45 minutes. And so the, you, you squeeze them in on the client that you know takes you 45 minutes, but now you're doing that other client favor by getting them in. And so you would appreciate that as a person that if you need to get in for an emergency, maybe you need to come in early because you have to fly out for something. Um, If you're slow, the best thing you can do is to every single client you need to treat with love and respect and to accommodate them. And I promise you it will go both ways. And so you had mentioned about, you know, having what social media focuses on is all the, the clients that aren't nice and are disrespectful and all of those things, the more loving you are, the more you weed out the people that are, are not nice and disrespectful. It just, it, it really works itself out. You may have to deal with them a few times and they're either going to change their tune or they're going to stop coming to you because they're not getting the reaction they want from you. And so it's like, you know, you get more bees with honey. You just, you do so much better by treating people with respect and love because that's, as human beings that's what we all crave right that's so good um thank you for that uh, so and then i guess uh the last piece to wrap it up so uh and we heard your story how you kind of like some things you you know how you made your decisions why you made your decisions how you got to where you are now you're you know you're running your own spot and uh you're not quite yet to bring anybody on not you're not quite ready to bring anybody on board however at the same time uh, when you do, you're looking to bring someone on board who maybe wants to have um, uh, a lower barrier uh, of entry or a lower stress level of them going out to being uh, their own suite owner. Is yeah. that uh, okay? Yeah. So uh, to wrap it up, do is there anything that you want to share through this process? Um, you know, I'm sure that there are highs and lows of of how you were feeling about things and worries and concerns. And uh, if anybody out there is listening, is there anything you'd like to say to somebody who's looking to potentially follow your footsteps of going from, from school to apprentice 
to salon stylist to suite, maybe salon owner, maybe skipping one of those, maybe jumping straight to salon owner. I don't know. But there are a lot, <laughs> at least 50% of, uh, of rising stylists when I go to visit schools say they want to be their own boss at some level and at some point within their career. So do you have anything for them? The best advice I would give to someone who is up and coming, rising, um, learning, you know, to do what we do is to absorb as much as you can from as many people as you can. You cannot overeducate yourself. Um, so take as many classes as you can afford and have time for. Um, be let anybody who's willing to give you their their knowledge and their time for free uh, take it, absorb it. Um, because it only gives you more tools in your toolbox. And then you learn a lot about yourself. You learn things like, you know, I, I don't want to cut hair. I don't enjoy cutting hair, but I enjoy cutting extensions. And so, you know, learning from extension specialists, I have learned that. Um, and then when you do reach a point where you start to guess if you should move on to a suite or salon ownership, I think at that point you are ready because if you're, but you're too scared, that's always the best opportunity is to take that leap of faith. Because at that point, the worst thing that could happen is you then fall back on uh, uh, what you were doing previously if it doesn't work out. So don't burn bridges <laughs> first and foremost um, and learn as much as you can from anybody who's willing to teach you because we all have something we can learn from each other, whether you've been in the industry five minutes or 30 years, there's something we can learn from each other. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I think that's a great, great, uh, great interview, a great conversation. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I will say, you know, before we got on air, we talked a little bit about some of the challenges that you had to overcome during the process of opening your salon, uh, some stuff like some personal life stuff. And uh, we're going to we're going to talk about that in our next episode. And that'll be for anybody who, you know, is is considering, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on in their own lives. And they still want, they still have these professional goals and they, they don't want necessarily to have to trade one thing off for the other. And uh, so if you're listening to this and that sounds like something you want to be interested in, uh, will you be interested in tuning in for the next episode? Uh, but for now, I'd like to say thank you so much again for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you.